Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're always excited to talk to you. We've had such a fun week. We have. We hope you have too. We Not are that it's all excited. about fun, but. No, we are always excited though to do this because we just, it's kind of cool when you think about it in, in our case on this podcast, because we, we don't know at least 99% of you, at least personally. And so it's kind of fun in our minds to just kind of imagine um, really, really, really nice people um, <laughs> with enough time to listen to us for a half an hour. <laughs> right. On a podcast. We appreciate you joining us wherever you are. We are still in Hawaii on Maui. Um, last, having, last last week, though. Yeah, last few days. So we'll be broadcasting from home next week. But um, we have appreciated you joining us through these Fun weeks. I know that you've had a lot of snow out in the West. We have had a lot of rain and wind this week here, but it is gorgeous no matter what, whether it's beautiful snow or, well, if you're in the muddy, uh, the muddy uh, zone of the <laughs> of a snowstorm, we're sorry about that. But anyway, it really is always great to have you. You know, Linda, I woke up thinking about a couple of things I haven't mentioned to you. One is you know, for so many years, of our, the reason this podcast called Ayers on the Road is because when we started it and for many years thereafter, we were always on the road and we were always on these short trips, usually book tours for a new book we'd done or speaking trips. And most of those trips are just three days, two days, five days at the very most, You just just short trips. And I was thinking how different it is to be on a long trip, you know, to have been here for six weeks or so. And when it when it comes to an end and we've finished a lot of the writing we came here to do and so on, and we've enjoyed our time in this beautiful spot, but it's sort of like we're ready to go back now. I mean, you know, the, we know there will be a lot of stuff waiting for us. I mean, just hit, our yeah. mail and some other things are going to take us a long time to go through and we there's whenever you leave there's just a lot of stuff that piles up but at the same time it just feels like it'll be really good to be back in in a more familiar place and the other thing i've been thinking is do you realize honey that this is the this is the 13th season of buyers on the road each year is a new season. This is our 13th year. <laughs> we just calculated that last We're, week. We can hardly believe it. That's amazing. We told that to someone the other day. We said, you know, our podcast in its 13th year. And this guy said, wait, wait a second. 13 years ago, podcasts weren't even a thing. <laughs> I said, well, they were for us. And he said, Oh, man, you guys were on the cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always fun. It's been good for us, too, to uh, focus our minds for uh, 30 minutes on just you and the things that we've learned that week and the things that we uh, want to pass on. And we, we'd love it if you could just say hello on the other end. We, we'd good. love it if it I was like a Zoom great. call and you could we had chat the chat feature and you could, you know, be sending in 
your thoughts as we go along. Right. But no. Anyway, welcome and thanks for coming. We have a fun thing to talk about today. Although I will say something, you know, a lot of you, you gave me an idea there, Linda, you know, occasionally I know some of you really do want to send some thought or idea or question to us and and it's not easy on a podcast because we don't put a lot of personal information or contact information. But lately, we have been doing, as many of you know, a series, a Zoom series on grandparenting called Grandparenting 101. And we've had a lot of parents as well as grandparents in there because a lot of the material is how do you coordinate a three-generation family? Parents, How do parents and grandparents work together? to to help the children and to make the family more solid, more lasting, more stable. And in that situation, we have an email. It's it's a funny one, but it's easy to remember. And it's a it's one that we don't mind you having. And and we love to hear from people, whether it's about grandparenting or whether it's just about life. And so here you go. It's easy to remember. Iers Grandparenting 101 at gmail.com. We're going to put, we'll put that in the show notes too, because it's just an easy place to be in touch if you have a question you'd like us to talk about. And you may have one today because the subject matter is a little different than what we usually are really, well, we're still going to be careful about avoiding any presumption that our listeners all have the same beliefs or the same faith or the same religion as we do and we're we're or, or we're trying we try to be sensitive and realize that there's a wide variety of listeners but nonetheless today we're going to talk about faith and about religion to some degree and even about our church a little bit and part of the reason we are doing it not the reason but part of the impetus or the the motivation for doing it is that our four daughters uh, on their podcast that they do together, had a very interesting episode last week on on faith and religion and how it changed their family and our family and how it impacts the way their marriage works and the way their parenting works and so on. And it just it just sort of encouraged us to do the same thing, but in a little different way. And by the way, their podcast is. In the arena with the Iyer sisters, and we'll put that in the uh, the show notes also. But you so. you will love this because it's four sisters who are very strong willed, each of them in their own different way, and very strong in their opinions. Who are talking together about really relevant subjects. So any podcast app that you have, check it out. In the arena with the Iyer sisters. So, well, you can't say that you'll, you can't tell them that they're going to love it. They might not love they it. They might not love it, yeah. <laughs> but, How do we know who'll love it? It would be fun. We love it. There are others. And then respond if you can. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Linda, what do you think? I mean, how do you, how relevant is faith in the lives? What would be your guess? We know a lot of listeners on ours on the road have similar beliefs to ours, but what would be your guess about what percentage of list people listening today are would categorize themselves as religious people? I would think the majority, the majority. I mean, you know, we don't know for sure, but 
we hope that there are some who are unbelievers and, you know, people who've developed their own thought and their own faith uh, path and so on. But I think the majority are are full of faith. I wish we could do a poll. Um, we we I used to work for a polling company, and I think there's a lot of interest in this. And I what what a lot of polls are telling now, Linda, is people will say, "I am a spiritual person." But they will say no on the question, are you a religious person? Uh, in other words, people believe in some higher power, a, a majority, a big, a, the majority of people who believe in God in some form in America, in this country, is larger than any other developed country in the world, much higher than in most European countries, for example, and much higher than in most Asian countries. And, and so America is a believing country relative to the rest of the world. But when you get down to, are you a religious person? What religion do you affiliate with? Then there's a huge drop off. And the, the fastest growing religion in this country is none, N-O-N-E, because all the polls will say, are, are you affiliated with it? And then it'll list the major religions. And then it'll say none, and it's the none category, or as some people say it, the nuns are the ones that are, there's more than any other. <laughs> well, now you're getting into church language when you're talking about nuns. Um, but I do have to correct you a little bit. I mean, in the other part of the world, we've been in the Middle East, uh, where the Muslims are concentrated, and wow, are they ever religious? Um, and they and they would and, in most cases would say I affiliate with a right, religion. And I faithful. am Islam. I mean, yeah. those little kids are fasting on Ramadan, which I think might be going on right now, from sunrise I to sunset. I think you're right. Yeah. They are so faithful, so amazing. There's so many. Uh, in fact, the Muslim religion is probably the second to Christian. No, there's probably more Muslims than Christians. no, no, no. There are more Christians in the world than any other. In any a large category of religion, but Muslim is Islam is second, and I think you make an interesting point that uh, you know it's hard to even talk about this subject. We're going to be more specialized here in a minute because to a lot of people, religion is almost an overlap with culture. I mean, a lot of people, for example, are are, are Jewish, but they, when they say I'm Jewish, they mean it ethnically or they mean it. They mean it in culturally more than they do religiously, and some will say, "I am Jewish, but I don't, I don't practice or whatever." And that that's kind of one way of thinking about religion. Just what group do you affiliate with? What do you identify with, right. and so on. But I think what we want to talk about a little bit is, and what our daughters really, what they were, the reason we're talking about their podcast uh, in the arena is they were connecting it to family. They were asking the important questions from our standpoint. And you all know that the IRs are in the family. I mean, that's our thing. I have friends who, uh, <laughs> who, who it's, a, it's a standing joke that whatever the problem is or whatever the issue is, IR will say, well, we can solve that if we can take care of families. I mean, they're like, you've got a hammer in your hand, you IRs, you Linda and Richard, and everything's a nail, you know, because it's all about family. And we sort of agree to that. I mean, that is our shtick. That is our focus. That is our cause. And so how does how does faith help families? 
which leads to a really interesting question. Um, do you see your faith, whatever it is, if you ha if you have a faith tradition or if you belong to a church or if you are just a person who believes there's something greater than than you and you have you have a belief in some form of God, and most of you, I think you're right, Linda, are very specific in those beliefs. The question is, is that a means or an end? Is your faith an end? Is it like, I'm a member of this church, and that's who I am, and that's the most important thing, an end in itself? Is this church that will judge me? It's this church that will identify me, and so on? Or is that church an, a means that helps you with your family, with your life, with your character, with your ability to cope with the world, with how you see the world, with how you view, with what your perspective, what your awareness is, a yeah. means or an end. Yeah, well said. I think that there, um, we lived in England for several years, and uh, they're beautiful people. We love them so much. And they're basically, um, I think they're spiritual beings, but they only go to church on Easter and Christmas, <laughs> you know, so oh, that's true. In so many Europeans. In so many. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it varies where you are, but um, we're just wondering how much a part of you is your faith today, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and we're going to reveal a little of our feeling on that and 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 it's going to carry into the second half of the show and we're going to tie it more and more to families but we really believe that faith faith traditions churches i'm not talking about the ultimate internal faith people have which is their convictions and their belief in god their connection to god their relationship with god their prayers their scripture and so on that's that's something so personal that every person has to just deal with that on their own. But what I'm saying is that their their church as an institution, the the people who seem to love it the most are the ones who see it as a means. It is this powerful support system which will help me raise my children, which will help me have better connections with my spouse, which will improve my marriage, which will make me a person of values and of character. In other words, the church is this wonderful support system to our lives. That's that's the ideal, I think. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, I, I think not many people uh, that we know at least go around just thinking I don't have any faith. We have a neighbor that just walked by us just now. Yeah. And I've talked to her several times. I mean, just in, we walk, we all walk around here. And I've talked to her several times, but I actually stopped her the other day because I, I had heard that. that she had I, um, just had a recurrence of cancer. Oh, yeah. cancer a couple of times. And, and then now she's had a recurrence, but it was so interesting. By but the time we talked for one minute, she said, "You know what keeps me going is prayer. I am just praying every day mm. that the Lord will guide me and that He'll uh, I'll end up where I'm supposed to be." I mean, she said that might be in a, another world. It might be you know somebody who can help me with this that 
we don't know right now. But um, I said, well, how about we'll include you in our prayers too? And uh-huh. I've been praying for her. She's really a sweet person. And I think most people, even though we don't talk spiritually very often to people we don't know, have that inner sense of God is with me. Well, and she's a good example because we think of her as a secular person. She doesn't go to a church per se, but she apparently is a spiritual person. And I, uh, we got to take a little break. But when we come back, I want to start by talking about a very, I mean, give you the quote now and think about it during the break. A, a leader of our church, a president of our church, past president of our church said this, the church is the scaffolding with which we build eternal families. That's a wonderful metaphor in my mind. And you have to be careful by saying the church is scaffolding. Are we disrespecting the church? Are we saying, ah, the church is just scaffolding. It's just a bunch of boards and, you know, here in this part of the world, scaffolding is made of bamboo. You know, that's all the church is. No, no, don't think of it that way. Think of you can't build the building without the scaffolding. The building, in in our belief, is the family because we think the family is what's eternal. It's what will go on, we believe, after this life into eternity our marriages and our and our children will be connected in the hereafter and we'll get into that more in the second half but in that context this the church is this incredibly and indispensable scaffolding that supports the family as we build it so we want you to think a little about that and we'll we'll take a little break and we'll be right back on Fires on the road. See you in a minute. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Um, we hope that you've given some thought to what we're talking about today. And um, it's a subject that's really near and dear to us, as you know, who have been with us the last 13 years, <laughs> probably nobody um, with this that started with us, but they all know oh, us. they know that we are about family and um, it's it's a wonderful thing to be about. So where we left off, let me repeat that interesting quote. This is by a man named Harold B. Lee, who was once the president of our church. And you know that we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we have a president of our church who we revere as a prophet. Right. And Harold B. Lee was the prophet in, in, uh, many years ago. And, and I've just always resonated and found so much food for thought in this quote, the church is the scaffolding with which we build eternal families. In other words, the church itself to be blunt, is probably not thought of in our theology as lasting forever. The church is for here on this earth. Jesus came to this earth in order to help us get to a better place. And in that better place, we feel that the family is what will be there, what will be eternal, because we believe that we are literal children, that our spirits are children of Heavenly Father. That's how we refer to God. And that that it's literal, that we will return to our heavenly parents, to the place we lived before this life. So that continuum, which is not universal in 
Christianity, the idea that we lived before this life as well as an afterlife. And that's interesting in and of itself, because all religions that I know of perceive some kind of an afterlife. That's the whole point of religion, that there's something beyond. But I think people... A lot of people believe that they came from somewhere. But yeah. They just didn't spark into the world, you know, having not had a spirit of their own. And I do too, but but it's not an official part of the creeds or the right the belief of most organized official religions that, that there was a pre-mortal life as well as a post-mortal life. But that's a very important part of our belief. And so in that context of coming from heavenly parents in another place to this earth to learn and to grow and to develop and to become who we can be, this is a not a totally perfect comparison, but similar to how you might send a, one of your children away to a college knowing that that child cannot learn everything he needs to as long as you're there, as long as he's right. with you. So we came from that pre-existence and we'll return to our heavenly parents. We hope to return. The church, therefore, and even the atonement and the Savior, Jesus himself, who we believe is the God of both the Old Testament and of the eternities, um, just the idea that those are means. They're the, they're, they're the powerful means, the indispensable means that, that will allow us to learn, to grow, to return to develop families, to succeed, if you will, in this life much, much harder without the church as a support mechanism and as scaffolding. Right. And it's a paradigm that you have to think about, you know, is that what what is happening? I know a lot of you listening have had problems with your family, Um, maybe estranged children or uh, siblings or whatever. And so this is not intended to be a guilt trip if your family isn't perfect, but it is what we're here about. Because none of our families are perfect. Right, they're not all, perfect. We all have. We all need help with our families. That's Isn't that the point, Linda? None right. of us are self-sufficient in our parenting or our marriages. Right. Um, it really is one of those things that you have to internalize that things are not going to go perfectly, but that's what we're here for. We're here for... Beauty for ashes, you know, tragedies happening and then beautiful things emerging from that. Um, We're right in the middle of a moment in time when we've had the most horrific earthquake probably in, in, I don't know, decades and decades um, in the Middle East. And we are so saddened by the huge, huge loss of life. It was like 21,000 when we went to sleep last night. Everybody's so, gosh, you know, what can we do? We're trying to organize some things to help in Turkey and in Syria. And I, and so many people are trying to help around the world. But, but what we've seen on TV is, and my point is, there are going to be, there's going to be some beauty that's come out of this. There are volunteers that are giving up everything to get out there to get heaters for these people. It is cold. These volunteer organizations are coming out of the woodwork to help people who are, we're saved, and that's who we're praying for, is, and those families who've lost lost so much. And but, a lot of that will be organized by faith-based traditions, by churches, by religions, by humanitarian groups that are based in in churches, and and so, who believe in families, and, you know, and who, who believe in yeah. families, and who believe in God, despite the fact that, and again, that's 
there are many people with part of their faith crisis is why does God let these things happen? Well, again, in our in our view, everything that happens here is not something God inflicts on us. It's it's this laboratory, this orbiting school called Earth, where we experience all these things that put us in an eternal frame of progression. But what I want to say a little about, Linda, is one reason this is on our mind is that we have some friends, and all of all of you probably do, who are experiencing what they might call a faith crisis. Do I really believe? Do I really think there's someone out there? Do I really, uh, and, and beyond that, do I believe this church, whatever church they're in, is this church the right church? Is it a good church? Is it a church that you know, has had problems in its history or that has had things that we wish hadn't happened and on and on and on. And, of course, the history of religion is a history of war and conflict and dominance and a lot of other things from the Crusades on. And and so it, it is an interesting question, but we here's what we're trying to get at and say. We've found that people who, who who view their church or their religion or their faith as a support, as a scaffolding, as something that can help them, as something that can back them up in trying to raise their children and give them continuity and trying to maintain their marriage and so on, those people seem to have less faith crisis than those who see the church as the end, as the thing that judges them, as the thing that they have to fit into if they are going to be good people and so on. I don't know if that makes sense, but think of the difference between a means and an end. Uh, Some of these friends of ours who are struggling, they, they find a little imperfection in one of their church leaders, or they find something that worries them that no one ever told them about church history, or they find they hear some statement made by a leader of the church that seems insensitive to LGBTQ or to some other group or that's racially hard. And as a result, they're like, oh, well, if, if that person said that, then maybe this church is wrong and maybe I can't go to this church anymore. Instead of saying, what are, what is the sum total of what the church does for me? How does it help me raise my children? How does it help in my marriage? How does it comfort me? How does it give me perspective? How does it make me live a be- as a better person? All those things, it's almost like if you're an accountant And you say, those are all the assets. They're on the positive side of the ledger. I'm so grateful for all the ways the church is scaffolding to me and to my life and making making me so I can become better in my family. And there's a couple things on the liability side. I wish this person was different or this leader hadn't done that or that this was not the way it is. But when you think of it that way, the positives can outweigh the negatives so much. They can be so powerful. They can be so, um, that side of the ledger is so big. Let's not throw that out because we have some concerns, even some doubts, whatever the doubts are. We've been working on a little essay called The Benefit of the Doubt. May play on words, but maybe, maybe some of the things we're not sure about that we need to pray more about Maybe those are good in the long run. They help us delve deeper into our faith and into the things we don't fully understand. 
Exactly. It's just, um, it. I, I think what we have been talking about since we've heard our girls do this podcast is how important it is to recognize that um, we have a man that we so admire who loves to talk about the compass. And we've mentioned this before, but yeah. the, those little metal compasses we used to use in, in, in school. To draw circles. To draw circles yeah. around. But, but the center point is is fixed it's a fixed leg it just stays in the same place but the outside makes a big circle and that's how we like to think about the gospel and our own faith we have a fixed point we are solid into that fixed point and i and i think our children feel this way too but it is so important to make that leg go out around and discover the world and all the truth and the goodness that's in the world everywhere which is so prevalent everywhere the earth is the world is so good there's so many good people who believe things differently than we do but we need to really not say okay that's what i believe then but just embrace the beauty that people have in their beliefs and their and their goodness and all the good things that are happening yeah that's really well said linda i in fact that's where i was going to go in my thinking too that the idea that uh you know, and this is this is one of the things our girls were talking about on this last podcast in the arena. They were saying one of the things that they were grateful for in the way they had grown up, and we took this as a great compliment from them, is that we encouraged them to seek truth everywhere, that, that we don't have some, our church does not have a monopoly on truth. There is truth and goodness in in all faiths and in all people whether they're in a faith or not and we should look for that truth everywhere and yet at the same time we should be grateful for the particularities and the unique beliefs of our own faith and we feel that very strongly because we feel our church is is restored it's the restored church in our minds of, of jesus christ and so we feel there are truths there that maybe aren't available anywhere else. We're so grateful for those, but not in the sense of exclusivity, not in the sense of we got more truth than you, so we're better than you. I mean, we're relig- right and you're wrong. religious debate is is kind of a silly, it's the wrong word to use, but when you think about it, if people agree on, on God <laughs> or that there is a God or that there's something greater than there, that's such a huge commonality that it ought to draw people together, not spread them apart and so we'll put in the show notes a couple of articles that that might interest some of you one about this idea of of faith and church being a means rather than an end a support mechanism a scaffolding to help us in our lives and the other one about uh, the other article that we'll put in there in the show notes is how can we have an attitude in our families and with our children that is inclusive and that and that teaches that we should look for truth and goodness everywhere and yet still be grateful for our own particular faith tradition and all that it has done already for us in our lives and all that it can continue to do so i think we leave you with the fact that faith whatever your faith is is such a beacon of light in our lives because even though there's some tragic things happening in the world and tragic things may be happening in our own families, 
our faith that God is there and that he loves us and that not only we are good in trying to be our best, but the world is good. The world has so much good in it. And I think it changes our view if we look at the view, at, look at the world as a marvelous place to be. And just final thought on that. I think um, our hope for you today, particularly if you are a listener who says, well, I have no faith. I'm an atheist. I essentially believe only in things I can see or prove. We're certainly not in a position to debate with you on the radio or on the podcast, but we would just ask this, leave room in your life for the possibility of magic. And I don't mean that in the typical sense, but leave room in your life for the idea that there are things bigger than you, things beyond your understanding, things that can't be explained or observed or in science. Just leave that open. Leave that door open enough because that is the beginning, I think, of faith. I think so, too. So we hope you believe that as well. And thank you so much for joining us today on Ayers on the Road. We'll see you again next time. 